This is the Perfectly Mentored Podcast with your host, Jason Portnoy. You know, you can have a really old card, let's say, um, you know, that that's worth a lot. I mean, and, and or, or a baseball card that that's really, really old, but it's a little bit damaged. Does that does like yeah. how, how do you weigh what's more important? The, the rarity of the card or, or, the, or, the, or the condition of the card, I should say. Well, this is a great topic because um, if the card is super rare, a PSA 2, 3, 4 could be still worth thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, Michael Jordan's Fleer rookie PSA 10 right now, a PSA 2 is like 2 to 3 grand, I believe, right now. So there's still money there even if a PSA 2, if you think about a PSA 2, that's a barely, very poor condition card. Um, but I think also what's happening is with those PSA 10s, they're hitting 200,000, 220,000. But the everyday collector, the everyday person's like, hey, I spend $200,000 on this card, but I can go get a low condition one and pay 2,000. I can still have the card and enjoy the card. So there, so if it is rare, if it is really rare, those uh, you know PSA 1s, PSA 2s are still going to be worth good money. It, for the people who are just getting started or they're interested now in investing, you convince them that the ROI is, is there yeah. better than the stock market. And they hear this and they want to get started. Can you, uh, I guess, perfectly mentor us uh, on, on what to look for on, and how to get started and where to get started? Yeah, I think the 100%, I think the key is to figure out what you're coming into the sports card game for. I see this mistake a lot. Um, you know, so a person wants to come in as an investor but they're not willing to, or, or a reseller, right? But they're not willing to give up the card. They get attached to the card, right? Um, that's, the, that's the one good thing about the card market and one bad thing. You physically can hold the card. So you see a lot of attachment issues. But if you're purely coming in it to make money, you have to be able to flip and turn and take in your ROI and move into the next thing. Um, so I think people really have to understand what they're coming into it for. Now, if you're coming into it as a collector, well, great, right? Maybe maybe you have a little bit of investing aspect, but you're able to hold on to the cards, enjoy the cards, you know, watch your favorite uh, player play while holding the card and enjoying it. So the number one thing I believe is make sure you know what you're coming into this game for. That's the biggest thing. I see them. I see it like every day. I'll have friends, right? That will be like, hey, Sash, like I want to get into this. Like, what do I do? And and I'll like hit them up and I'll be like, okay, what are you getting into for? Blah, blah, blah. And they'll be like, oh, I actually bought a bunch of, uh, you know, boxes of prism basketball and I ripped them all. And I was like, well, that's gambling, right? So if you're coming into it from just to have fun and go rip some boxes, have a good time, just know that the ROI is most likely not going to be there. Really? Even by buying those boxes? It, it's, it's, it's gambling in its finest form. You can hit big, right? You can buy a box for $1,000 and hit a $10,000 card. But most of the time, you know, you're going to get a thousand dollar box. You're going to get 200, $300 out of it. Unless you find a really good card and you can send it to PSA and then you're waiting the long game and trying to break even, right? Um, that's the biggest, that's one of the biggest, um, I wouldn't say issues, but, but um, problems that people, when they get into the card game, they just go buy boxes and start ripping them. The ROI isn't there. The ROI, I tell everybody, is uh, buying singles, whether that's graded, or getting educated on grading these cards and sending them into PSA. Now, again, it's fun to rip. I know I've seen it. There, there's a reason why live breaks on Instagram um, are going crazy. 
Um, you'll, you'll see guys like Rob Kardashian and, and, and other people live breaking because it's fun. It's fun. It's gambling at its finest. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like fun. playing at the roulette table yeah. or the craps table and rolling the dice. Exactly. But at the same time, if I'm if I'm talking to somebody that's coming in as an investor or a reseller or a flipper, um, I would I would say, hey, look, maybe you can rip, you know, once you get more established with your singles and stuff like that. So what's your decision process before you buy a card? Like how do you know what you should pay and what it's worth and when and most importantly, when to sell? Yeah. Uh, well, the number one thing is I use eBay like everybody else. I use eBay sold and completed items to know what a card, you know, sells for. And again, I also have, you know, friends who've paid for similar cards and I can get an understanding from them what a card's worth. Um, but for, and what I look for currently, um, I've actually shifted um, what I've been doing for the last several months. Because over the past year, really, truly what I've been doing is I've been buying these young players, either whether getting them graded or already buying PSA 10s and flipping them during the season, like keep moving my money and working my money that way. Um, I still had, you know, a lot of Hall of Fame players. I still had legends, but it was heavy on the young stars. Currently, what I'm shifting to is going to these more rare and expensive cards because I'm seeing what's happening with um, the fracture, these fractional ownership companies buying these really rare and expensive cards. Um, I, I've used this analogy before. It's almost like uh, buying, uh, buying, investing in a private company um, before it goes public, right? It, it's very similar to that. Um, so currently right now, and I'll tell you exactly what I'm buying. I'm buying Jordan Fleer, PSA 9s. I'm buying Kobe Bryant, Topps Chrome Refractors, which is you know one of these top of the line rookie cards. Um, I'm buying LeBron's rookie cards, LeBron Topps 111 PSA 10 rookie cards at scale. I'm kind of moving a lot of my money that I've made from um, these flips and, and young prospects and stars and putting them into that because I think those are going to be the cards that over the next five and 10 years are going to be seeing even more growth and more ROI. Um, and then when to sell, man, for young stars, I, I like, for example, I love Luka Doncic and Trey Young. Um, so I can hold that a little bit longer than I could Zion. Um, it's funny, like I, I bought, I've, I'll buy Zion cards in, in the morning, like 9, 10 a.m. And then I'll flip them by 2 p.m. Um, so I, that, that's kind of the notion I'm also trying to get people to understand for, for young players. At the end of the day, this market is hot, but there will be a point where the market isn't hot. And do you want to be holding, you know, 100 Zion Williamson base prism PSA 10s that are, you know, they're, they're easy to find? Probably not. Right? Would you rather be holding a LeBron rookie card? One hundred percent. I mean, it's crazy. When, like, what brought back this resurgence in sports cards? I mean, go back ten years ago. Uh, I remember I, I bought like some sort of magazine to look at what my cards were worth, and it was like, all right, it's nothing. I'll just hang on to them. They were just cards from my youth. Then all of a sudden, this exploded. Yeah. Uh, what brought this all back? Well, and, and Pokemon cards too. That's also been huge as well. We'll, we'll, we'll um, get there. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, so, sure. Um, there's, I think there's a couple things. Um, the, the number one thing, I don't know if there's a number one, but there's a couple dynamics that come into play. The pandemic had a, a big, a big uh, plus because everybody was stuck at home, right? They couldn't do anything. Um, and they're hearing about the sports card thing going on and they bought a couple boxes, started ripping and people got hooked. But I would make the debate that if the pandemic didn't happen, this was still occurring. It, the pandemic just kind of jump-started everything. Um, you know, there's 
you know, for, uh, Gary V talks about this a lot, you know, the people in their 40s and 50s, you know, they have eight, nine, 10 year old sons and daughters. And they, you know, start, they, they wanted to get a dumb into it. And now they're both hooked, right? And then there's the investing aspect of, hey, look, like, I can buy a LeBron rookie card or a Jordan rookie card, and it will appreciate over time. Now that's happening at a way bigger scale. But that's, you know, I think that's kind of what got people started and hooked. And then again, there's the gambling aspect of, hey, look, I can um, buy a $1,000 box and potentially, you know, buy, get a card that's worth 10, 20, 30, $40,000. Um, and then I think art is the biggest thing too. I really think these cards are turning into art pieces and art forms, um, especially when you look at some of the rarity of these Michael Jordan cards, Kobe Bryant cards, um, you know, LeBron rookie cards. Uh, Kareem rookie cards, um, you know, there's there's a lot of rarity that comes into play, and I think when rarity comes into play with something physical, um, I think good things really happen. I mean, why is an art piece worth you know fifty dollar million dollars, right? Like why? Um, so if you look at some of these Michael Jordan rookie cards, well, Michael Jordan's way more popular than you know an art piece that nobody knows about. Yeah. Um, and it, when you tell them there's only, you know, I think there's only 360 around there, Fleer rookie PSA 10s, which is his pristine rookie card. Um, and 150 of them aren't going to be sold because people are just not going to sell them. And fractional ownership companies are buying up the rest. You know, that that $200,000 card in 10 years, probably going to turn into a million dollar card. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you for your attention. And if you made it this far, you're clearly somebody who wants to take their business to the next level. You want to get better. And I understand that being an entrepreneur sometimes can feel like a little bit of a lonely journey, which is why being part of a thriving community of like-minded people is just so important. It was super helpful in my own development as well. And as is the ability to instantly get answers to the questions you may have in order to grow and scale your business. It's for that reason why I launched a consulting coaching program called the Market Domination Method. And guess what? If you're listening to this and you hear this, we're open for applications right now for new members to join. So to request an invitation or to book a free diagnostic call, call it a game plan call. I'll literally sit with you and demonstrate the value that we could bring to your business on that call. Let's jump on a call. Uh, we'll discuss ways you could possibly grow your business. Head on over to jportnoy.com, J-P-O-R-T-N-O-Y.com. You'll find all the different ways you could work together. It's going to be the best business decision you'll make. So hope to speak soon. Head on over to jportnoy.com, book that free game plan call, and I look forward to talking to you soon.